Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Episode 111 of uh, Below the Belt, uh, joined by the stalwarts, two very special people to me, uh, our stats nonce, Thelonious Filth, who we just loves, love CompuBox these days, don't you, T? Well, because I got shouted down after the Saunders fight by Flav, and I was fucking correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's become my tagline now. I'm going to be a CompuBox Dan account. You're all about CompuBox now. I can see you. I can see you ringside one day with that PS2 controller going. Eh, all right, that's a jab. Yeah, yeah, that's a hook. Yeah, all that land. All did no, did that land? Oh no, we'll call it. A, we'll wonder, call it a miss. I wonder if they can delete after. Mm, what if they if they like miss call a land and it's not a land kind of thing? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Pro- well, maybe, maybe, uh, or maybe they like. They could do it again, but watch it on the TV and do it again, maybe. Maybe there's a second person that does it on the TV. Maybe there's a market for that or a job opening for that. Well, there's no time limit, I suppose, is it? They don't have to put their stats out as soon as the bell rings. So Yeah, yeah. Um, and also joined, of course, by Alex from Bristol, uh, our IFL consultant who watches everything that Big Bad Cougs puts out. <laughs> I bet you suck it in your element today, Alex, weren't you, with that whole 74-minute interview? Boxing is one of these sports where you have unique access to fighters and people within the sport. So I feel it's daft not to take advantage of that. That's fair enough. How, what did you think of Eddie's interview? I think overall, you know, you, you always want to try and take what you're listening to with a pinch of salt, regardless of who you're listening to. But uh-huh. I have to say, um, Team Fury or everyone around Team Fury comes out of this very poorly. You know, yeah. even if 80% of what Eddie is saying is true, um, it's not good. I mean, he's been led down the garden path a little bit. Uh, you know, yeah. I think he said himself today, you know, maybe he was a bit naive in the fact of, you know, suddenly why, you know, why is it only me seeming to push to be doing everything here to get this fight over the line? You know, there was no real positivity, positive comments or anything from Frank Warren or Top Rank. Um, you know, really, and then on reflection, you think back, you think, well, you know, was there another reason for that? You know, first of all, it was, you know, you'll never get this done. You'll never get the deal. You'll never get the money through in this in these times. You know, let's just wait. You know, they managed to, to do a deal with Saudi and, and go from there. And then well, you won't be able to get the, the, the site fees and all that done and the dates and... Slowly but surely it all fell into place. And it certainly looks like, you know, who knows whether this is all true, but 
it certainly looks like you know they were not sure that the arbitration would, would go their way at all um or if it did that you know the only penalty of the case of it was was step aside money you know damages and that's turned out not to be the case and they either didn't know about that and it's been completely blindsided and it just unfortunately makes them look very amateurish or they did know about it and was like yeah let eddie flog his guts out because you know it's, it's not really going to happen we know it's not really going to happen so it's it's not good it, it doesn't look good it doesn't look good for the sport it doesn't look it makes a division a nightmare now log jams all over the gaff um yeah it's i thought he spoke i listened to him and i thought he spoke very well and I, I i feel like yeah he's he's been let down this time you know he's not perfect by any stretch but i think on this occasion he's not done an awful lot wrong did you cry for him a bit no, he's he's a big boy. He can look after himself. He's got he can he got people money to pay people to dab his tears away. So I'm sure he's all right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, you know. It's literally just just popped into my head just now as you was talking. Now I was listening, um, but I was thinking, well, if this like whole arbitration thing was going on, and they thought like they could pay him step aside money. Why would they go to court? Why wouldn't they just pay him step aside money? And so the case goes away like a settlement out of court. Like that shit happens all the time. People settle out of court. Why didn't they just go, okay, forget this arbitration, Deontay. Have five million or whatever. Like, it's just weird to me. I think it's really, that should have been a sign really to everybody involved or particularly at Hearn's side that, okay, they're going to court. Like they're not settling. They're not, they clearly want this fight world as lot. So it must've been a warning for them. T, do you think um, Joshua Fury ever happens? I think it happens. I think it's almost too big to not happen. I know it's probably a bit naive on my side, but you, know, you guys put out all the red flags. I mean, they went to court um, and, you know, Eddie was told one thing and they've said another. They said, oh, if, you, if Wilder wins, it'll just be damages and step aside money. And... Hearn seemed willing to even kick some in to help him step aside, and AJ probably would have too. It's just, it's just very, very sad. Um, you know, I mean, we're not the biggest Eddie Hearn fans in here, but a lot of stuff he said kind of rang true. That he was doing all the work to make the fight work. He was doing all the promo pushing. He was on all the radio stations saying the fight was going to happen. It wasn't Frank Warren wasn't really saying it, and um, Bob Aaron wasn't really saying much. Fury just being Fury. I don't know, it feels, it feels like this fight could have been salvaged in spite of the arbitration case, but from the other side, they straight away they just signed the Wilder fight. So, we left AJ without a dance partner. It's very weird that an uh, arbitration decision would then result in a fight being signed. Yeah. You know, the, the, almost the, 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 the judgment is that this site you know, needs to be signed and needs to be done now. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just a decision, go and work it out now. Mm. You know, it was kind of all done, which does lead you to believe that, you know, perhaps it was never in their, their makeup to actually do the fight, you know? Yeah. And guess why they, and possibly why, you know, Team Fury were so, were so happy to just let Eddie crack on. Just let Eddie Hearn just kind mm. of crack on. All right, yeah, you go and get a site fee if you want, Eddie. Yeah, of course you will, mate. And I suppose but perhaps that's why they just kind of let him carry on. They'd almost to wind him up, almost to fuck with him a bit, because like, well, we'll probably end up fighting Wilder anyway. And, and you know, T, T, you know this as well as anyone, Bob Arum doesn't like working with other people at the best of times. You know, he always does his utmost to avoid working with other promoters. So it's not the biggest shock in the world, is it? Yeah, I think the frustration is that Fury just puts so much weight in this lineal title that, you know, his legacy is obviously beating the man who beat the man who beat the man in, in Vlad Klitschko and in a the Wilder, well, duopoly, be, be a trilogy before long. He's living off that. But AJ's cleaned up the division as much as he possibly could. Um, he didn't have to fight Pulev. But if Fury fights Wilder in December and AJ fights Pulev, and the fight happens now, but I don't think Fury was that bothered. Because he, he, he should have checked that the contract had, ex, had expired. So, Well, what they're saying now is that you that um that there was an opportunity for them to to cancel the agreement they had with Wilder back in December. You know, it stinks. Yeah, it, yeah. it does it does stink, you know, like, and yeah. I feel like us talking about it too much just 
you know, it it's it's quite a depressing situation, really, yeah. because if you know, say say Wilder lands something in July, you know, and um, what however reason you know manages to pull something out of the bag, you know, we are we've lost that fight, really, probably. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I would prefer to watch AJ v Wilder than AJ v Fury. yes. In terms of um, spectacle, I'd love to see them two fight because just be Hail Mary's all over the gaff. I mean, obviously, as Brits, you know, it'd be nice to see the undisputed um, champion come from these shores from one point of view, but Joshua v Wilder is just the best, could be, tends to be the best heavyweight fight since Foreman and Lau back in the mid-70s, man. That could be something else. I think I think if what I would have liked to have happened is, you know, when the arbitration court court case thing happened, is that Wilder would have settled for a few quid or you know a lot of money, say five million dollars, ten million dollars, and and a rematch uh, and a shot first shot at the undisputed champion whoever wins kind of thing, because then you mm. get him to fight Fury again or fight Anthony Joshua, like that would have been like the the best thing for me really on a, a selfish level um al as a you know as a a neutral journalist did you then watch the frank warren interview on seconds out i have not yet it's on my list i had uh i had eddie on in the car whilst i was whilst i was driving home but I, um yeah enlighten me no i didn't i put it on for about two minutes and frank it was boring me to be honest it's it's, he doesn't. He's not. I don't, I don't think it really matters now. I mean, no, what's, it doesn't. all we're gonna do? No. We're, just, we're just like old women chatting over the fence about what happened in the pub at the weekend. Like, yeah, a, it doesn't matter now. Like, yeah. so let's just fuck it off. Us talking about it makes only only highlights what's wrong with this sport, really. You know? Yeah, you're um, absolutely right. We should talk about the fights that have happened or will definitely happen. I think, you know, yeah. You want to look at now, you know, Joshua Usyk, you know, and if that doesn't if that doesn't work out, you know, for for the money reasons that they've talked about, then you know, where where will he go? You know, if there's there's always Dylan, there's always Dillian, obviously. There's, you know, I think Andrew Ruiz was DMing <laughs> Eddie Hearn yesterday, saying, you know, I'm ready. <laughs> so, you know, it's just. I don't know. It's just so frustrating. I there was a part of me that always thought that it wouldn't happen. Um, like it was almost too good to be true. Uh, and and it, and it is what it is. So now we've got to think about talk about Fury Wilder again, and and hopefully Joshua Usyk. Joshua Usyk can fight. That's exciting. You know, if that's if that's in the UK, if that's at Tottenham, I'd go to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like Usyk. We all went to watch Usyk beat Tony Bellew. Um, yeah, I like Usyk. I like watching him fight, and I think he gives Joshua a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. Um, and I didn't watch the Frank Warren interview because I think he's about as much Tyson Fury's promoter as I am. To be honest, I don't think he's he's that <laughs> has that much decision making. I think Bob Arum's got a lot more fucking stroke than Frank Warren does. But what do I know? Um, let's talk about fights that have actually happened. Uh, T. Um, Josh Taylor, we have a new undisputed champion. Uh, what the fifth one of the the four belt era? Um, Josh Taylor beat uh, Jose Ramirez by three scores of one fourteen to one twelve uh, to unify all four belts and retain his ring magazine title. Did you enjoy it? It was tense. It was a tense fight, so I enjoyed it from that point of view. Um, it looked like it wasn't going to go his way early on, so that made it you know a bit more of a watch. It wasn't like it was um, you know one round. Taylor won round Ramirez. It just seemed like Ramirez had just kind of just kind of had his number. But one thing we always give credit to Taylor is for that he always finds a way to figure it out. And he figured it out in a bit more of a crude way with a knockdown, but no, it was it was a it was a great fight. It's a shame it didn't have the publicity that it deserved. And uh did T did you think the scores were about right? Did you think the do you think it was about right? Do you think it was that close? Yeah, I don't think there was much in it, and I think because Taylor was was well, arguably four one down after five round after five rounds had gone, it was never going to be more than two points in it if he was to pull it back. Um, the two knockdowns, I think, um, obviously swung it a bit like the Postol fight, really, in that it was another close fight, but the knockdown swung it, and I think I don't, I don't think two points is, is a robbery either way, and I think Ramirez took it well in any case. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I remember. 
uh, Mark Butcher said to said to me once, if all three judges have got it the same, that that means they've got it right. That means they've normally got it right because if you've got cards all over the place, then you've, there's some fuckeries going on. But if you've got all three, one fourteen, one twelve, I think he said that to me after the first Ward fight, the Ward Cobbler fight, which is a similar score. Uh, I think it was one fourteen, one thirteen. That one. Uh, did you think it was close, Al? How did you find the fight? I saw it a little differently. I, okay. I got. I gave. I had Taylor winning the first two, um, mm-hmm. and gave Ramirez a third. I, I had it. I had. I had it a little wider. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Taylor had a little bit of the Arthur Abrahams about him that there was suddenly a lot of work going on in the last thirty, forty-five seconds uh, of the round, but really effective work. And um, yeah, I had it a little wider. I had him by about four rounds. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, what a performance. It's just such a shame that the promotion isn't, was an absolute joke. I mean, I didn't hear it anywhere. I didn't see it advertised almost anywhere, you know, when really, you know, he's, he should be a superstar really now and undisputed, you know, Scotland is, has been bereft of, of, you know, Ricky Burns, you know, (laughs) aside, you know, has been bereft of, of someone who is genuinely as talented as he is in in this sport. he should be coming home. Edinburgh should be shut. You know, it was, it's, it's a shame. But, you know, that aside, he's gone in and done his talking in the ring and he's gone away from home, got a unanimous decision, three American judges. You know, it's, it's remarkable, really. Um, his record is incredible. You know, and then we'll see where he goes from there. So who's his manager now? Jack Cattrall. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's not going to happen. So he's always been tight at the weight, you know, it's, you know, him moving up, I'd say is fairly inevitable, maybe a bit of a homecoming and then up he goes perhaps. Yeah. Maybe as a homecoming with Jack Cattrall, maybe he does fulfill that mandatory, gets that out of the way and then goes, right. I've had my homecoming. I'm going to go back to America now. Um, and I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight, um, Terence, Terence Crawford next really. Um, yeah, it was a, it was weird, wasn't it? T with the with the broadcasting and stuff that, be, you'd think BT Sport would pick it up, you know, you think BT Sport would pick it up because they had his last fight. Um, obviously Frank Warren's with BT Sport, and you know he's with, you know he's obviously friendly with Bob Arum. Kind of weird, wasn't it that that no one picked it up and it ended up on Fight TV, which was fifteen quid, was it on the app? No idea. I didn't even I didn't even explore that avenue. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> the fire just won't fuck that. But yeah. no, it is a crying shame. But I'll I'll be the first to admit I'm not that well versed in promotional companies and etc. I mean I was corrected on Twitter by Ashley the Zulu saying that yeah. MTK sunk a lot of their money to Tyson Fury. So anyone else on that on that roster is gonna suffer promotional wise and I think Taylor was an example of that. It's it's a crying shame because you know he's probably the best. He's probably the pound for pound number one in Britain, arguably, yeah. and he's just got no. He's got no real platform. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think he is absolutely the best fighter we have in this country. I'm not the biggest fan of him as a person. You know, as a person, I don't know what it is. He just rubs me up the wrong way a little bit. But he's a really good fighter, and I really enjoyed watching him the other night. I had the fight quite close. Um, it was interesting what um, T- Al was saying about, you know, Arthur Abraham, because I, I saw that. I thought that too. He kept like coming on in like the last 30 seconds of the round. But you have to score the whole of the round and not just, you know, the the, the bits that kind of stand out to you. And so uh, I had I think I had Ramirez winning like three of the first four rounds. I had him winning three of the last four, the last rounds. But it was those middle rounds um, where obviously Josh Taylor scored the two knockdowns um and you know won the bulk of the rounds and then the odd round here and there and that just got him over the line in the end so i had it 114 112 just like the judges did uh could have seen a draw could have seen maybe another round for taylor no problem at all with with either of those you know 115 111 or 113 or that would have been fine um i, I think it's just um also winning how you win a round it's still it's still 10 9 mm. so in the third round T- ramirez outlanded Taylor by double. Mm. It's still a ten nine round. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just it's, as I said, it's one of the things of scoring boxing is just very very subjective. Yeah, it is. It is to an extent. Um, 
you know, the, the criteria is the criteria and I think, you know, yeah. you have to follow it. But um, I get, I know what you're saying The you have the CompuBox stats and they're a good guide. Um, but yeah, someone could take a, a right shellac in, in, you know, and it could still be a 10, 10, nine round instead of a really, 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 really close one. And the judges are pressured to pick one way or the other. Um, so it's, 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 yeah, I get your point. I get your point completely. Uh, you said just before we started recording T that you wanted to talk about the referee and the, the thing that stood out to people was, I guess the second knockdown um, where he went to, he went to break and then didn't. What do you think about his performance? Um, Kenny Bayless's performance? Yeah, I think after a while the fighters ignored him, but for, for Ramirez, it was too late mm. because obviously you, you back off. And I think that um, Taylor kind of realized that, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, if if he's not pulling me, if he's not pulling me back, I'm just gonna fight and crack on. And you know, I mean, Bayless is a good referee; he's very experienced. I just think with this fight, I got a few things wrong. Of like, because obviously you touch the fighters to indicate that you want them to break, mm. other than just using hand signals because hand signals they're looking at each other, aren't they? So mm. it's a very mixed performance. Um, but Ramirez wasn't too salty about that knockdown on the break. So no, it is what it is. Talking about a ref. Yeah, yeah, so one thing I did look up before the before we started recording today was Kenny Bayless's age. I think he's seventy-one years old. Fuck off! Uh, Is he really? Fuck! I hope I look that good at seventy-one. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He'd actually he did an eight rounder earlier in the night, so it wasn't like he hadn't you know refereed in a while. He actually did an eight rounder earlier that night. Um, so he warmed up, if you like. What do you think of Kenny Bayless's performance, Al? Um. Yeah, I can see what people were saying, but I mean, on the whole, I didn't, I didn't come out of it thinking that's a bit all over the shop. I, I know they were saying about, you know, about um, Taylor holding him down and 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 you know, firing shots uh, uh, after after pushing him down, but I don't know. It just it, it didn't feel like. Uh, like it was a massive issue. I don't know. Maybe that's just bias. I, I'm not sure, but um, I thought it was fine for the most part. To be honest, I, I, just, I just think the biggest issue for me was just him telling them to break. It wasn't very clear and concise. No, that's so true. Yeah, that's I think true. that's when Ramirez got that knockdown where he probably thought they were breaking. And yeah, it wasn't to... wasn't wasn't the most vocal in terms of telling yeah. them to break, was it? He's almost no. sometimes he'd touch him and sometimes he'd shout it. So, mm. yeah. I, I, do you think perhaps because he was wearing a face mask, obviously, because the referees are wearing face masks these days, aren't they? And uh, I think they'd probably benefit from wearing the shield things that people wear um, instead of wearing the face masks because I don't get the mask thing. I mean, what is the point? Surely they're all being tested in the they've got two people in there that are not wearing masks. <laughs> it's and you know, he's got it's, the it's corner like sweat and. Yeah. Blood and sputum flying all over the gaff. Yeah, it is, it is weird. It is a weird thing. It's like and like like you said, like the corners are wearing masks, but then Ben Davidson in between rounds, he was like giving instructions. The mask was like down there, sat on his chin. It was not over his mouth at all, and he's talking to his fighter, which is absolutely fine that he would talk, that he would talk to his talk to his fighter. Really, it was just it is an odd thing with this with the face mask thing. But I think it does yeah. hinder referees. Sorry, T, was you saying something? You mentioned Ben Davidson. Um, yes. You know, where does he stand after this win then? Is it because Joshua, Joshua Taylor figures things out or because of something that Ben Davidson did? Come on, Al. You're making a face. Um, I mean, how many fights? Is it, this is was this, what, a second fight? Yeah. With Josh Taylor, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I like Ben Davidson. <laughs> It doesn't help himself coming out saying another win for the boxer size coach, you know, 20 minutes after the final bell's gone. That's a good tweet, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm not sure. I, I lean towards, I think, in a fight like that, where it's very close and it's quite intense, I think, I think the fighters figure it out for the most part. I think giving advice in a fight like that is fine, but it was so it was so similar, really, in terms of the approaches both were taking. 
you didn't really see Taylor change anything up massively, I don't think. I think he just got smarter and and kind of got himself more into the fight and, and, and just became more comfortable as it went on, personally. So I'm sure that there was some help, but I think it was probably done before the fight, not during it. I I think that I think Ben Davison is a good coach, and I I get yes, your point. I don't, I don't say he's not a good coach. Yeah, uh, but I get your point, and I actually we we did we discussed this discussed this last week when I had Paul Zan on and Luke, Luke G Williams on, and they were saying, and, and it was all completely valid. What they were saying is like it's hard to judge him because he's he's taken on a lot of fighters that are like already proven so like tyson fury billy joe saunders josh taylor it's hard to like say how good he is because he's taken on fighters that have already achieved really good things already um which i think is completely valid but then you look at what he got what he's done with like lee wood and he and he you know won the british title with lee, lee wood last time out like i think he is a good tra- he's not lost as a trainer for about three years like i think he is a good trainer i just think his I think the fact that he's come in relatively new, he's re- he's young, he's obviously really young. He's come in and he's been able to get fighters like Fury and, you know, Billy Joe Saunders, etc. And I think people get a little bit fucked off about that. And I think that's why people yeah. don't like him and some of the shit he comes out with as well. But I think he's a good trainer. Um, I like him. I think he's a good trainer. You know, I don't watch Boxing, his interviews. Boxing's a very, very strange community though, isn't it? In terms of... Um... Yeah. You know, everyone, I think everyone can get it, which is, which is kind of fun because everyone gets everyone grounded, but sometimes it's a bit like, come on, man, it's a bit unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it only takes true. one fight. It only takes one moment and you're a meme forever. Like, I mean, yeah. box, boxer size Ben is a fucking great name. Yeah. <laughs> boxer size Ben. <laughs> you can see him in a park, can't you, with, with a load of single mums going, come on, Tracy. With a turn pants. your wrist over <laughs> <laughs> in his full fucking tracksuit with boxer size Ben on the back. <laughs> Do it. on the chest, yeah, <laughs> like a football trainer. <laughs> Cheryl, stop half assing those <laughs> fucking skipping the rope. I can see what you're doing. Billy Joe Saunders would never do that, <laughs> but Cheryl wouldn't Poor quit either. <laughs> Lucky <laughs> now. Never gonna let Billy Joe Saunders off the hook for that. Never. Um, what do you think's next then, Al? What do you think's next for um, for Josh Taylor, uh, our you know undisputed champion? You think? You I think, think probably what you said. Up? I'd like to see him have. I'd like to see him have a home come in, especially if we can start getting get fans in there now. And then I expect him to move up. Really, mm. I think he's always been tight at one forty. Um, yeah, there's, you know, he's not, you know, he's not adverse to taking risky fights uh, at whatever the moment might be. Yeah, let's move him up and, you know, go and go and do his thing. I mean, it's, you know, once you conquer a division, you know, what's 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 there to go and do now? You know, mm. in that division, I mean. So I'd like I'd like to see him. Yeah, I think we'll see a homecoming and then we'll see him move up. Mm. Yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. What uh, was Crawford, maybe, yeah. Uh, T, a lot was made of his record uh, against undefeated fighters or in his last five fights. What was it? It was like 136 and one. Um, yeah. He's fought a lot of undefeated fighters. You know, Posto only had the one loss when he boxed him. His last fight, he would, you know, that guy Kong Song, who should have came out to yeah. Cisco. It was a fucking tragedy that he didn't come out to Cisco, to be honest. But, you know, what can There's a do? chance there. I know, right? Like Frank Warren needs to get him on a card, really, Kong Song, and just just so he comes out to Cisco and the people get to see it because we deserve it. Um, he's got a hell of a record. I think T that he's got. I think he's starting to build like a Carl Froch esque kind of record. Don't you think it's good, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the Super Six helps because I think there's a couple of well, Baranchik was on Super Six as does Burgray, so mm-hmm. and Ryan Martin as well. So um. So yeah, I think it's um, as I said a couple of pods ago that his he's been matched tough and he's been matched well and he's probably the best example of matchmaking in in the UK with with Josh Taylor absolutely I'd say um, as for what he does next as you asked Al I would say 
Jack Catterall, either at Easter Road, at his beloved Hibs, or at Edinburgh Castle. And then after that face, Terence Crawford where he'll face his first loss. <laughs> you think Crawford would beat Taylor? I back, I back Crawford against anyone. In spite of his very, very bad career decisions, Crawford yeah. is just unbeatable for me, apart from Spence. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think that's... Would you, would you fancy... Who would you fancy in that one, Al? Taylor or Crawford? Yeah, I mean, I agree with T. It's hard to, it's hard to go against Crawford for me, but um, that would be a fucking great fight. It really would. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I difficult. I, it'd be difficult for me to go against Crawford, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked. Shall I say? Mm. Um, if Taylor managed to managed to do something, but yeah, I mean that's that's that jet. You know, sometimes when you think about fights and like you get excited, uh, that that is one that would genuinely get me proper buzz in that fight. Similar fighters to me, I think they both benefit from being like long limbed. They've both got like really mm. long arms. They've both got really good fast feet. Taylor's feet probably a little bit quicker, I'd say, but they've both got quick and they're good economical feet, long limbed, and they're both spiteful. They they spite to both of them when they when they land shots and they land shots and they land them with purpose. I think it's a really really interesting fight. And then you think about you know kind of the politics around it is that Crawford's contract is up at the end of the year, um, and mm. you could. You know, if Bob Aaron was smart, he'd 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 make the fight and just have the judges screw Crawford over one twenty one oh four three times, and that's it. Send him down the road with his first if, loss. If, if Crawford beats Taylor, yeah, um, that'll probably be his best ever win. Oh fuck yeah! Oh my god, undisputed undisputed junior welterweight champion, and with a much better record than what Crawford has got right now. Postal is. Postol is probably Crawford's best win. A lot of people say yeah. Gamboa still, but I think Postol is his best win. But Taylor's bettered that win two or three times. Um, the guy I feel kind of feel sorry for in this is Regis Prograde because that guy deserves a rematch. I don't know what you guys think. What's the situation with him now? What's yeah? Um, he, he boxed. He boxed quite recently. He boxed on one of the Triller cards. I think it might have actually been the Jake Paul. Um, Jake Paul card not too long ago, and he, he knocked out um, Ivan Redcatch and Ed Redcatch, and um, yeah, uh, Redcatch tried to get it changed to uh, disqualification because it was a, a accidental foul, but the the uh, sanctioning body held it up and said, "No, fuck you! It's a TKO loss. You could have carried on. You just didn't want to." Um, so yeah, so he has boxing. He bo- he's been fighting. He boxed in April, so he's fresh. He's he's been ticking over. Mm. Um, he's just. I just think, yeah, I guess because because of this whole undisputed thing, there's no real opportunities for him at 10 stone right now. You know? um, but hopefully he gets back in the mix soon because I think he's a really good fighter pro guy. And I think he's probably the second best uh, second best junior welterweight out there. Uh, a question, it wasn't directed at us, but I, I saw our friend Mark Butcher post it on Twitter the day after the Taylor fight. And he said, fighting at their peaks, who wins, Josh Taylor or Ricky Hatton? At 140. At 140 pounds, thank you. Al? Taylor. I think I think there's a smarter word comes from from Taylor. I think he'd be clever enough to be able to withstand the hurricane. <laughs> the, like, <laughs> the, the two minute ten second hurricane in every round. I think he'd be smart enough to be able to deal with that and then uh make the, the fifty yeah, the fifty the last fifty seconds count. What do you think, T? Agree, I voted Taylor. Um I think that Taylor's a very, very special fighter. Um, I was schooled on boxing Twitter that there are, I think, I don't know the guy's name is Jimmy Wilde from the very, very early days of boxing in terms of mm-hmm. Scottish fighters. Because yeah. my initial thing is that he's the best Scottish fighter of all time. Then I've heard about right. him. I, I thought, you know, I'm going to keep quiet. But because obviously Ken Buchanan in the early 70s had all the, had all the belts. Yeah. I got beat by Duran. But Taylor's one of the best fighters to come from these shores of all time. I don't think you can say that about Ricky Hatton. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I think like Ricky what Ricky Hatton achieved, what he achieved is great. Uh, he beat a lot of good fighters. I think kind Absolutely, of B-class yeah. fighters, to be honest. You know, guys like um, you know Urango, Paulie Malinaji, Prince um, Phillips. Yeah, like a lot of kind of B-class kind of fighters. Um, 
But, uh, you know, Josh Taylor's undisputed champion. And just looking at it at a pure fight <coughs> perspective, forget about legacy, because I've, I've just started talking about legacy. In terms of an actual fight, I think Taylor's feet are too good. I think his arms are too long. I think he uses the ring too well. Uh, I don't think he'd stop him, but I think he'd outpoint um, Hatton soundly um, to win that one. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, we kind of covered that. That kind of covered that. Uh, another thing that was kind of that was kind of exciting was a, a massive shock as well was that Manny Pacquiao was signed to fight Errol Spence in August. Manny Pacquiao, forty-two years of age, a senator, hasn't boxed since twenty nineteen. Um, I think it was at the Keith Furman fight. Um, yeah, in, in, in COVID years, though, it's a different type of years. Yeah, I know, but Canelo's boxed what three times? Canelo's a freak. But go on, he is. Manny Pacquiao's not boxed in ages, and I get what you, I get your point. And you know, when Manny Pacquiao boxes, it's an event. It's, it's not, you know, it's not like other fighters. Even even Canelo, Manny Pacquiao's a legend, like a true legend and an all-time great at the sport. But he's signing to fight Errol Spence Jr., the best welterweight in the world. Two of the titles. Are you scared for Manny Al? Honestly, don't know what to expect. Really, I mean, it is mental that he's still fighting at this level with that at this age. Um, and Errol Spence doesn't. So, you know, Spence doesn't look doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a huge amount of effect from everything that's happened to him. Mm. Um, so you'd expect, yeah, I mean, really, you would expect Spence to to take care of business and 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 fairly effectively, I think. But um, yeah, I, I just can't see I can't see Pacquiao being able to beat Spence. I, I, I don't. Maybe that's you know just because it's like I said, it's been so long and age and stuff but these things matter and the longer you go at that age regardless of whether there's genuine reasons or not the longer you have out of the ring the more you know the more difficult it is to be able to come back and and be at a level especially at the level of Errol Spence so yeah I I um I'm not scared for him because I'm not that bothered but <laughs> he's uh I don't see him winning in fact I I, I dare say that I think it might be easy work He's a lump, Errol Spence. He's a lump. He's talking about going up to middleweight to fight Canelo. Um, <laughs> you know, I think you're right. I think he he's, he looks fine after the car crash. He boxed Danny Garcia. He did more of a job on Danny Garcia than anybody's ever done to Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia's lost a couple of fights. He lost to Porter and he lost to Keith Urban, but they were both razor-thin decisions. No one's done a job on Danny Garcia that Errol Spence did. He beat him and beat him handily um he looked fine to me errol spence and he's you know he's 12 13 years younger than manny pacquiao he's boxed more regularly than manny pacquiao he's naturally bigger than manny pacquiao and he's a pretty good fucking fighter in his own right really um but it's amazing to look at you know you know our, yeah, almost our years of knowing each other and following boxing it was always you know, Mayweather Pacquiao, Mayweather Pacquiao and these two giants of the sport and they're all-time greats, both of them, regardless of what happens to them. And you've got, you know, Floyd Mayweather, who I adore, but I'm embarrassed watching him at the minute. Um, he's fighting a YouTuber for lots and lots of money and fair play to him. Um, and then you've got Manny Pacquiao, who you can't rule out of a fight against the elite at this level. It's mental, isn't it? I think the Thurman fight kind of changed a lot. Um, Thurman mm. is not Errol Spence, but Thurman is still a very, very good win. Um, I mean, Spence only had one fight, I think, in the last two years as well. Uh, but for the car crash, had something to do with that as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Pacquiao is inactive, but he's many fucking Pacquiao, man. <laughs> you know, um, I think what you said about the Garcia fight is very, very, very valid. That Garcia doesn't lose fights widely at all. Um, he's had a shout to win the two fights that he lost. But this might be a bridge too far for Pacquiao, but again, he's, take, he's taking food off Terence Crawford's table. Crawford should be fighting Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. Um, Crawford's getting on in age now, so that might be a key to victory for um, Josh Taylor. But then, That's a good point. When, but when someone's winning fights so easily because they're so good over a long period of time, a 50-50 turns into a 55-45. Look at Lomachenko against um, Lopez, for example. Lomachenko won fights with ease, with, with very with, against world level opponents. He fights against Tiafoe with Lopez, so he doesn't have the advantages. 
and that's the issue that Crawford might face. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's valid. And you know what? Gut feeling. I think if Taylor was to fight Crawford, I think Taylor would probably get a decision, just a close one. I'd fancy Crawford, and maybe even on the night, I think Crawford won. But I could see getting, you know, Taylor getting what some might call a what some might call a bullshit decision. You know, I just think he's got away. He's got away. It's it's impressive. Um, but fair play to Pacquiao. Fair play to Pacquiao to step up time and time again. You know, after the Mayweather loss to to you know, he, he he beats Timmy Bradley again, he loses to Jeff Horn, and then he comes back again and he beats, you know, Keith Furman. Um and you think that's him done. He's been out of the ring two years. The WBA have stripped him of their of the WBA title. He's now the champion recess. So I don't know what the situation is around that now. Ugas has got the WBA belt now. Um Crawford should fight him by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and perhaps that's what he'll try to do. Crawford will perhaps try to fight Ugas and unify the WBA and the WBO. I I could see Porter fighting Ugas because mm-hmm. they fought before. It was a close decision for Porter. A lot of people felt Ugas won. I think they might stick Porter in with Ugas. Did you see Al the other day that, that Porter was saying, look, I've been chasing the Crawford fight and he's just given up now? Did you see that? Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah I mean... Again, I don't. It's like he said about Crawford's just career choices and just and the choices even that surround him, and then like the other stuff that gets made. Whether sometimes it's his fault or his doing or completely nothing to do with him, but it just always seems like it's it's the 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 rod that strikes his back is usually made by himself or his team, and I do worry that we'll get to the end of of Crawford's career, and 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 we'll all look back and go, yeah. Was good. Could have been could have been something really special. But it just never happened. And you know, I'm a everyone knows I'm a big fan of Sean Porter. I, you know, I will watch Sean Porter fight anyone. Um and you know, whereas I, I wouldn't think I don't think he has a, a chance of beating Crawford, really. Um mm. he would make it uncomfortable because what he does is, you know, even for fighters that are better than him that you want to see uh, him in with. It, it he brings out stuff in those fights because he's it's not an easy night. It's a horrible night fighting Sean Porter. So you have you, you he makes these fighters have to either be supreme at what they are good at, or find other ways and, and other means to be able to deal with what he with what he brings, which is just constant pressure and a horrible little fly that's buzzing around your head constantly. You know, um, so yeah, it would have been good, but again, you know, it's. Porter's not one of these to shoot his mouth off massively, is he? When there's not, um, when there's yeah. not something behind it. So yeah, he's always, he's always a good fight around the corner though, Corv, um, Porter, because he's on PBC. Mm. They've got a great roster at one four seven, so he knows that if one fight falls through, he'll have a credible opponent. Someone like Terence Crawford is on the other side of the fence, and if the fight with Lucas is happen, he's got Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor's got no real name value in the world of boxing. I mean, he's an amazing fighter. He's undisputed at 140, but that... It might do a little something for his legacy, but... I don't know. I mean, the Spence fight is mitigating circumstances. It looks to me that Spence is ducking the fight as well, and that makes no sense to me at all, but Crawford will have a very, very difficult legacy if he doesn't get a decent fight the next 18 months. I don't think this is that technical, really, with Crawford. He signed to Bob Arum... Bob Arum doesn't like working with other people unless it's a massive, 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 massive fight. Even fucking hell, look how difficult it's been for the Fury Joshua fight. Yeah, yeah. That is a massive, massive fight. You know, you look at, you know, for Terence Crawford, all he has to do is look at Manny Pacquiao's career. And yes, he made plenty of money. He made plenty of money with Bob Arum and top rank, but he didn't, he didn't fight Floyd Mayweather until he was 36 years old and Floyd was 38. They both made loads of money out of it, but it wasn't at their prime. I don't think it's that technical. If Terence Crawford wants a better legacy, he has to leave top rank at the end of the year um, when his contract is up. And he has to go and sign with PBC. And then he can fight Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, uh, Errol Spence, Keith Furman, Ugas. Like, he can fight all of those guys. Literally every fucking good welterweight is with PBC other than fucking Terence Crawford um, and possibly Josh Taylor when, when Josh Taylor moves up. It's not that difficult, really, for Terence Crawford what he's got to do. He's 34 years old in September, uh, so four months from now, and he probably won't box again before then. Um, 
And Bob Ram's already talked about making the Taylor fight. It's nailed on that he makes that fight because it's easy for Bob to do. He's they both they're both signed to him, and that's what he'll do. Um, but looking forward to you know this weekend. Al, are you looking forward to see your favourite Jorge Linares uh, against Devin yeah. Haney? Yeah, the King Slayer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good fight. Devin Haney, you know, um, needs this fight. You know, he needs needs this name. We need to see what what he's about, and mm. um, and beating Linares would be would be a step in in and you know on that in that direction. Um, uh, I don't know what I don't quite know what to make of Devin Haney. Do you? I mean, I, I he's. He is exciting to an extent, but I don't know. There's something about him that I just doesn't. It doesn't fill me with like, yeah, you know, he could be. You know, there's been so much talk around him mm. in certain corners. Um, how old is he? Twenty-two. Yeah, still so young. So, um, look, if he can beat if he beat Linares, then you know, at that age and with it with the with the progression that he's had, then then it will then it will be a statement. You know, people can say what they like about Linares and um, some some drop offs and that type of stuff. But you know, he's still a quality operator. Um, yeah, and it's I think it's the right fight at the right time for him. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on Haney T? Um, what the email champ? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yahoo Gmail. Unified. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think he needs. I think he needs a big fight, a big win, a win to make people take notice. I think the Teofimo Lopez win changed the landscape of the division, so to speak, because everything kind of went through Lomachenko. But now you have someone like in, in Lopez, where a fight with Lopez will probably do more for Haney than Lomachenko in terms of making money. So um, Devin Haney probably has to has to impress. Linares is someone who's well known to us Brits because he's what's a four zero record against matching fighters, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's got to take care of him inside the dis- distance. Um, Linares has got vulnerabilities, abilities, you know, Lomachenko locked him down, so I think if, if he gets him out of there, that'll send a message. Who was the fourth? Crawler twice, Mitchell and... Campbell. Was it Campbell? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, Luke Campbell uh, over in the States. I think it was in LA. Um, yeah. I was at that Kevin Mitchell-Linares fight. That was a cracking fight. Mm, but Mitchell brilliant. did really well. Did himself proud. Mitchell's Mitchell's like the English Scott Harrison. Like what could have been? So he could have done a lot more than he did. Mm. We know Flav loves that poster when he fought Katsidis as well. <laughs> that was a TV the other day. Yeah, such a good, oh, such a good poster, man. isn't it? it that's something out of a Bruno film, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I think Haney's an interesting one because he's only 22. And you think, you know what, he's only 22, let him kind of tick over and do whatever and just learn and build his way up slowly. But then once once you win a world title mm. or become an email champion or whatever, all of that goes out the window. You can't, it can't be learning fights anymore. You're world yeah. champion now. You, you're saying you're one of That's the best big- in the world. That's a big thing for me, man. And it was that was part of my frustration with Joshua as well. Was like you can't, um, you can't keep saying, you know, if, if someone wins a belt and they're and they're young or it's earlier on in the in the record, then then that then that is what it is. You can't then you can't have it both ways. You know, if you're going to promote this person and and put this person as a champ, the best and the best in the division, it's going to clean up, blah blah blah. You can then can't justify having fights that are not at that level regardless of the reason of whether he's still learning and stuff I, you can't have it both ways in, in my view like you know you used to hear eddie moan that you know people didn't give joshua enough, enough credit and stuff and, and for the resume he's got and no one's debating that it's not a good resume but it was like well, so it fucking should be you you know you made this, this you took that route to go and win that ibf title off off of off of charles martin um yeah. You then can't have it both ways. You then can't say, well, you know, we can only make this fight because, you know, he's still learning. He's world champion. You're a world champion. That That's it now. So I don't know whether you think it's fair, right or not. It doesn't matter. Can't market think, it both ways. The thing of the lightweight division as well is a division that people seem to pass through. 
because all the money's at 147. I mean, Maki Garcia skipped the division to fight at 147. So while your division is interesting at 135, you've got to make the fights, you mm. know, because Tiafimo Lopez will move up. So you've got to kind of think, well, he's a money, he's a cash cow. While he's there, you've got to try and, make, even if you're not ready for him, you just got to face him and see what happens, see where the cards lay, because uh, an unbeaten record is nice, but it's not the end of the world if you lose one fight. Depending on how you lose, if he gets sparked in the round, then obviously his career's over. But if he puts up a good fight against TFMA Lopez, it still looks all right. So I think, you know, if he knocks out Denarvis impressively, then he's got a call for that fight. The other thing around, like, the age as well is he's 22, Haney, and he's got a version of the world title, the WPC champion. And you look at it and you go, oh, well, he's, you know, he's really young, la, la. But then you've got TFMA Lopez, who's 23. He's yeah. only a year older. And he's the undisputed or should be the undisputed champion. Has just beaten Vasily Lomachenko, who will go in the Hall of Fame one day. Um so it's kind of it's tough shit how young you are, really. It's you've got the belt, you've got a guy that's a year older than you, you're calling yourself a world champion, you've got Eddie Hearn out there going, Well, you're not undisputed, Tiafimo. David Haney's got the belt. All right then, mate. Well, no more fucking around. Put him in. It's time to put him in. Um I love Linares. Uh, I'm, I'll be silently rooting for him. I don't think he's got much of a shot. Um, I think he's. I think he's gone. I think the cut. I, I think he'll. The, he's had too many cuts, too many stoppages, yeah. too many hard fights. He, he cuts like anything. Um, I, I think Haney's going to stop him. I think he'll stop him by seven, eight rounds, something like that. And hopefully, Linares will hang it up after that. Really. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. It's, uh, was it it's, was it Zanon who made a point about plastic surgery and cuts? That's quite interesting. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, I kind of brought him back to it. Yeah, because um, it's like when they get more money, they can get a plastic surgeon and they don't get the cuts anymore like Hatton did later in his career because Hatton was known for being like Henry Cooper in the 60s, get all these cuts. But when he fought, you know, even, even fighting, you know, sharpshooters like Mayweather, they didn't get cuts. So that was, that was actually quite interesting. Yeah, no, he knows his onions, Mr. Zanon. Uh, uh, congrats to him. He was on the Boxing Social uh, podcast today, the rat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fredo, you broke my heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he was great on the pod. He's always great on the Boxing Social pod. Um, and Boxing Social are lovely to us. They're wonderful people over there. Um, Have you not been asked on yet, Cal? No, no, he's threatened by me, Rob. You see, he's threatened by me. He knows that if, you know, the powers that be hear me, you know, go on there and they go, oh, look at him. Yeah. He's got shit Imagine they turn on their Zoom camera and they're just, you Mm -hmm. can imagine what they're thinking, thinking, Jesus Christ, this guy's Mm -hmm. got, uh, you know, WWE belts hanging off his wardrobe. I'm not Mm going to mess with this. (laughs) Yeah, like, he's not only, like, attractive and has a really full beard, but he's also got belts. (laughs) 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 <laughs> your Why beard you... is is your beard is the is the email belt the email champ belt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good, good one. That was very good. That was very good. I remember my first beer. That was good. Uh, <laughs> um, what about uh, before we go? Actually, we're, we're approaching the hour mark. What did you guys think about Tank? And Tank's next fight at 140 pounds. It's the end of June. We'll probably talk about it closer to the time. But what did you think when you saw that news that he's going to fight at junior welterweight? Anyone? I mean, nothing surprises me with Tank. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, I don't care what it is. I just want him active. Mm. I, I don't care. He could fight heavyweight. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just be active. Just be active. And if if that's what it's gonna take, he obviously needs stuff that keeps his interest, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. So regardless of what path it is, mm. as long as it's you know productive, mm. then yeah, keep him at it. You know, he's just he's too good. To, if it's so few fighters that that I really you know will get up at three four o'clock in the morning to make sure that I watch, and he's one of them. So I want to make sure that he's. I want him. I just want him to be happy. That's all I want, T. I just want him to be happy. Yeah, Alex has nailed that one. Um, especially the anniversary um, last week, I think, when we, all three of us saw him fight. Was it Liam Walsh? 
Uh, when um, Sean Porter talked to me, when I, me yeah. and Sean had a good, good picture, actually. 20 minute chat. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Javante Davis, as long as he's fighting and he's happy, and I think it's, I think it's a division too far for him. But I think Pogre and um, Davis are waiting for Taylor to leave the division, and then maybe they'll fight out for the undisputed. I mean, imagine that. That'd be a massive fight in the US, and it would give Pogre the profile that he deserves. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. That's fair enough, really. Yeah, I, I I don't see Tank staying sticking around at 140 pounds, but he's fighting a guy in Mario Barros that's you know 26 and 0, 17 knockouts in those 26. Which means he's, got a bit of, he's got a bit of pop, this guy, and you know a lot of people are talking about Tank's power and is Tank's power gonna hold up? And that's a valid question, but my question is, how's his chin gonna hold up at 140 pounds when he's fighting a guy with a little bit of pop? Plus, he's not having to make weight. He's gonna. You know, he'll go to Wendy's the day of the weigh-in and he'll fucking <laughs> nut off one yeah, of those but... square burgers. Yeah, burger on the scale. Yeah. What will it? What will he? What? What's he fighting for? Is it? Is it what trinket? Is there? There'll be some. I'm grateful for you asking me that because it is for a trinket. It's for the WBA regular title. And Al Heyman, and oh, I've, okay. st- I've started to realize this in the last six months or so. Al Heyman is the king of the regular title. Like PBC always have WBA regular belts on their shows. And Tank has probably won more of them than anybody. He's got at least three. He's got at least three. This, <laughs> this would be his... Well, this is the third division he'd have one in. Like, he just... It's mad, but Al Heyman loves him. And that's probably the whole reason that, that you know, that um, the, the WBA keep doing it. Because Al comes around and goes, Oh, come on, let's have a regular belt. One more, come on, one more. And it's done. <laughs> and they work, yeah. you know. But I know what you're saying now. You're absolutely right. Tank, Tank's a fucking great fighter. I wanted to stay at junior lightweight at 130 pounds. I think that's where he's best. He's a massive puncher there, and there's great fights in that division. But he just wants to never going back. Now, nah, once now nah, he can't. He might go to lightweight, but not, I don't not at those weights. You don't see people go back after. Not not at those weights. You don't see people go back really after that. Yeah, lightweight between lightweight and junior lightweight is five pounds. You can do that, and he's done it. He Ooh. went to lightweight to fight Gambara, and then he. That's went a lot. There's still a lot, though, man. There's still at, yeah. those, at those weights. You know, that's that. That's a that can be a big difference, and it's one of those things that, you know, particularly if he feels any type of advantage from it. Yeah. You know, even whether his chin hands up, but you know, whether it does even give him, maybe it gives him a tad more power. You know, mm. so once you start feeling those advantages, it's very difficult then to, um to what feels like then restrict yourself, you know? Mm. Well, he's only 26. So yeah. he's may- maybe getting his man strength. When, when, ah, when did you get your man strength or do you not think it's come through yet? Uh, it's, I mean, it's laughable of you even, even saying that to me because I would, hey. I mean, I'd just destroy you. Look at you. All I'd, all I'd have to do is accidentally knock over your big stack of magazines and you'd shit your pants trying to get them all back in order. I mean, we wouldn't even get to to a, an arm wrestle. You put one be fold in my mag- one fold in one of my magazines. I just got the one. The, yeah, fold what, what's, in what's my... quite ironic is, <laughs> but what's quite ironic is, Cow is I've licked at least four of them, and you still don't know which ones they are. No, I don't. And when I find out, I'm going to foam you in front of your daughter. It's going to be the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened. It's, people won't expect it. It will just be like. Oh, cow! He's too lovely. He, he, he's he's a lump, but you know he's too lovely. And then I just foam you, like you're too you're too um you're too squishy around the middle, mate. Yeah, foamy richins. They'll call you. See <laughs> <laughs> your foamer richins. Alex Twitch. Alex <laughs> Twitchins. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, I think we're done. It's getting messy. Just on government <laughs> yeah, names. Just on gov- government name on the pod, man. Do you want me to put a sound effect over it? Yeah, you... put like a kaplow on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I go to say the last name, I'll have a button and it will go, you big stiff idiot. It's between me and you. Can you make the sound when it says my surname? Can you make the sound um, Matthew Macklin made when he got hit in the ribs by uh, Golovkin? That's, <laughs> that's quite a nice audible sound. Do that. <laughs> Alex Owens! Amazing. Oh, God. Good. All right. Excellent stuff.
All right, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Cheers, bro. Speak soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.